nailed it. Perfect thing that we might say when we play sports. Nailed it. Or when we've achieved in, in some academic activity or some other certain accomplishments. We nailed it. And that's not a bad phrase to use unless you were growing up in the first century and you were not a carpenter. Uh, the concept of nailed it might leave you a little bit wheezy, uh, especially in terms of the cross. The lesson today is called nailed it. The first point is sacrifice. The second is separation. And the third is sanctification. So let's look at sacrifice. Now, a sacrifice is an important ritual for many religions, uh, including uh, Christianity and Judaism. Sacrifice is a very, very big, important subject that we study, that we believe in. And, but some religions in the past have used it as a way to deal with evil spirits. If you think about pagans, uh, when they sacrificed, they were trying to appease the gods. They were trying to coerce the gods. They didn't see the gods as their friends, but someone that they needed to manipulate or make happy so that their crops would grow or that they would uh, do good in war. Animals were used. Commodities like food were used and even people were used as sacrifices, although this was not a God-approved thing um, to use human sacrifice. Now, when I think of sacrifice, I sometimes go back to the idea of the first Passover there in Exodus chapter 12. Uh, God commanded that all the people take a lamb and kill it. Eat the lamb along with bitter herbs and then use some of that blood to put on their doorposts and on their, uh, to protect themselves from God who is coming to kill the firstborn. A very traumatic time to be sure. Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on the gods of Egypt, I will execute my judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Most people moving now to the first century who died on the cross were not considered a sacrifice. Rome considered them thieves. They, he, they considered them criminals. And it was set aside for non-citizens of Rome. A terrible experience, to be sure. And the blood wasn't used for anything else other than to drain out of their body. The cross is a symbol of horror. The cross is a symbol of shame. The cross is a curse. In fact, our Savior died on that cross, died on that curse. 
Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, Jesus did die on a Roman cross as our sacrifice, as God's sacrifice for us. He was without blemish, no broken bones, no problems with his body. He was the perfect sacrifice. Not only that, but he was sinless. Oh, he didn't deserve it. But his blood had a purpose. It was not just to drain. It was to protect those who have faith in him like it protected those under the first Passover. To unite sinful people to God. That's what the blood of Christ was going to do. To forgive, to redeem, and to carry the analogy with the Passover. No death of the firstborn. You see, Jesus nailed it. Jesus nailed it. What did he nail besides having his body nailed there? Well, according to Colossians that was read by Christians, he nailed our record of debt. And where did he put it? On the cross. Now think of this. We got Justin here. He gave a great another analogy helping us understand the guarantee. This analogy tries to get you to understand that you take God alone, and our loan is sin. We can't pay it back. We have this article here with our name on it saying we deserve punishment. What does Jesus do on the cross for those who have faith in Him? He takes your personal debt, that page that says you are in deep trouble. He takes that. And not only is He nailed to the cross, but symbolically, individual record of debt is also nailed to that cross where his blood covers our sins so that we can be forgiven, redeemed. Turn to Colossians chapter 2 verses 11 through 14. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of flesh, by, circums by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of who? God. God does the work. Who raised him from the dead, and you who were dead in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God! made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. And here it comes, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And how did he do that? He, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 
He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame by triumphing over them. Jesus is our sacrifice. And if you want to look at somebody who did the ultimate accomplishment perfectly, he nailed it in more ways than one. He nailed it. The second point is separation. Jesus isn't the only one who nailed it. He's the only one who counts as far as our salvation is concerned. But all Christians who have chosen to follow Christ, put their faith in Him, what have they done? They've nailed it. And we need to nail it. And we need to continue to nail it. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified. What does that mean? Nailed it. Crucified the flesh. With his passions and desires. Galatians 5.24 Christ nailed it. Superior as he is. Better role. But we as Christians are also to nail it. To crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. In this, is this a sacrifice on our part? Yeah. Is it an easy sacrifice all the time? No. Some of you were quick to answer. Others might be going, hmm, I'm not sure if I want to answer that one. We have to give up the fleshly life. We have to give up what opposes God. And as I'm continually reminded, and rightfully so, it's a lifetime event. Is it not? Yeah, we might say, boom, and we put our life in Christ. But boy, we have to work at it sometimes. Continue to nail it. Continue to go against what opposes God. But look what we receive in its place. Ultimately, what? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Can you compare the fleshly life, the evil life, the earthly life with the kingdom of God? No. Now, separation can be healthy and separation can be unhealthy. Um, some people who are fired might be going, yes, whoo some people who are fired might be going, oh, no. And those who fired him might be going, yes. <laughs> it goes back and forth a little bit. Marriages and relationships gone wrong. A neighbor you're not talking to, you might not have a big enough fence. You know, that separation happens in our lives, whether right or wrong. Bad company corrupts good morals. Is that a good separation? Stay away from that lifestyle. I almost fell into those relationships myself quite a few times. Uh, I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to be accepted. But every time it went too far, at least in my mind, I said, that's... That's farther than I'm willing to go. Because I recognized and was taught 
I want to be with God. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to live a life that's going to send me to another spot. As ridiculous as I am in my own personal challenges, I don't want to go anywhere other than where God is in Christ. Hopefully, that it was a truism all the time. I learned the ways of the flesh really don't lead you very far in this life. And I'm grateful for my parents, for the congregation, for the elders, as all of you young people, all of you adults should also be grateful for, for our elders here and our parents here. Because our goal is what? We want to go to heaven. We want to say, look at that fleshy life that people want to lead us down and say, I've got to separate myself from that. Now, does that mean we are hermits locked in a tower? Does that mean we separate ourselves and, and think of ourselves as sanctimonious, self-righteous, and those people aren't good enough for us? We want to live a life separate from sin that God doesn't like, but that doesn't mean we don't go out there with people who are in a sinful world to bring them the gospel message so that they can have hope and joy as we talked about in class, the real joy that comes from God alone, truly. Which leads us to our last point, sanctification. Big word, basically means live a holy life. You are made holy. You can't become holy, biblically. You are made holy. And that's through the blood of Christ, through our faith in Him. God makes us holy. So then he asks us, how are you going to live? Are you going to live a life with his passions and desires that you crucified and go back to it? Or are you going to live a life that is holy before God? Not a life separate from helping those in sin. We're not hermits. but one who recognizes and appreciates God's work in us. Do you recognize what God has done for you? Do you recognize how He wants you to live? You see, Jesus nailed it when He said this, talking to Paul, I am sending you to their Open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and, pl and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Acts 26, 18. 
Again, our sanctification, our holiness could not happen if it wasn't for the blood of Christ. He nailed it. And he wants you to nail it in your own life. And he wants you to go out and help other people nail it. That record of sin to the cross. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 says this, For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Hebrews 2.11 Because we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10.10 So let's live for Christ. The one who nailed it. And recognize how we can show our love for Him by living out the fruit of the Spirit, by living out the life He wants us to live. The lesson is called Nailed It. Sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice is all is Christ. You can't beat it. Separation. When we choose to follow Him, we choose to separate ourselves from our own personal passions and desires. You can do it. And third, sanctification. I'd like to challenge you every night before you go to bed. Thank God that He has made you holy through faith in Him. He has given you a precious gift that He wants everyone to have. If there's anyone here today who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, 